This week's show is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts, helping podcasters get their shows off the ground, up and running, and sounding great. Professional podcast production at extremely affordable rates. Do yourself a favor if you're thinking about doing a podcast, but you don't really have a whole lot of time to manage the editing, the posting of the show, and making it sound as good as possible. Uh, go to prettyeasypodcast.com because they'll help you do it at a great rate, and it doesn't matter what your show's about. It could be a sports show, a food show, business. It could be a show about extremely rare birds. Doesn't matter. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com, and they'll help you get your show off the ground, up and running, and sounding great today. Whatever your passion is, Pretty Easy Podcast is ready to help you enjoy it even more. Everybody has a podcast these days, right? Get in on the fun and go to Pretty Easy Podcast dot com today or just email them to get started at pretty easy podcasts at gmail.com pretty easy podcast making podcasting uh well pretty easy this is the future this is not the past the new xfl will kick off in 2020 What the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL. Welcome, football fans. This is the week of February 17th, 2019. This is the road to 2020, and this is the XFL show. I'm Alan. I'm Vince. And I'm Bryant. This week, we run through a list of updated, reported, and speculated coaches, and we take it to Dallas, y'all. This is episode 56. Hip, hip, hooray! All right, guys, here we are. Another week down the road to 2020. Some would say uh, a less newsworthy week because we didn't have any big announcements regarding a TV deal yet. No more coaches were officially announced, but plenty of news broke in terms of speculation, rumors, and uh, reports. Sources are claiming and such, and we have a lot to break down. We now, I, I'm counting by my count, we have one official XFL head coach. We've got one presumed XFL head coach, general manager, and we've got. Now, I'm going to say two solid coaches that we're all speculating about and think are likely. We'll break them all down. But before we get to that later on in the show, I need to ask, how was your football week, Vince? Uh, it, was, it was different. Uh, unlike a week I've ever had before, um, you know, coming off of the Super Bowl, uh, being relieved that that season is finally over, and then jumping into a, a new season. Uh, with, with the alliance, uh, so very, very different. Yes, I will and say. we we cover the alliance on on our Patreon exclusive show. This is not the XFL show. Plenty to say on that one. The AAF did make this week feel a little bit different. Lots of crazy news as well in the NFL, but the XFL giving us plenty to talk about this week. Bryant, what are you most hyped about to get into today? Because we've got some coaches. We've got a special guest coming up today. Lots to do. You know what? It's always great to to speculate about coaches, especially when you have like a solid speculation, right? So I'm kind of excited about that. But right now, I'm actually really excited to talk about some of these people from last week. You mean the reaction to last week's show? 
Yeah, some some real good positive reaction is what I'm excited. I I love it. I love it when we talk about what people were reacting to on last week's show. Let's get into it. Okay, let's start with at Crames41. After last week's show, he said he's excited about the XFL coming to St. Louis, and he would like to see a team, the team in St. Louis, coached by Mark Mike Martz. He's the current San Diego AAF coach, guys. Or Kurt Warner, or I guess he said Green. I'm assuming Trent Green, Isaac Bruce, Holt, Pace, Timmerman, Wistrom, Williams. He basically announced he listed every St. Louis Ram from 1999. He just at the end said, "This is the best part." He said at the end, "No Fisher slash Hazlitt." Of course, last week. (laughs) Of course, last week we talked to Benjamin Albright, who's casually let it go that Jim Hazlitt's talking to the XFL about joining the league. Uh, St. Louis fans heard this and they immediately said, oh, we hope, or at least one of them said, we hope we don't get him. What's your reaction to a St. Louis fan saying no Jim Hazlitt, Brian? Uh, you know what? Based on what I saw this week, and we go into it really deep in, in, in on Patreon on this is not the XFL show, but I don't think Mike Martz uh, really wants to be there. So you might want, want Jim Hazlitt over uh, Mike Martz this one because Mike Martz looked kind of over it. <laughs> well, well, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that, but the the XFL seems like his kind of league. Yeah, you know that that's where I I could see him really thriving, and, and I, I I hope he gets there. Hey, this guy could be a tremendous coach in the XFL, and if he gets all those Rams on his staff, you know they, <laughs> they would have to be the odds-on favorite. I think. I'm going to tell Crames41, man, give Jim Hazlitt a chance because if he is indeed going to be the St. Louis coach, I don't know. They, they kind of have – some people have a, a bad taste in their mouth from his interim uh, gig there, but that's a guy with a lot of experience, a lot, I think, left to give to the game, and we'll talk more about Jim Hazlitt later on. But definitely I'm with you on the note, uh, Jeff Fisher, for sure. Yeah. Thanks for the tweet. Yeah. At Crames41, of course, anyone who wants to – get in on on the reactionary part of the show every week we start off talking about what you're saying after last week's show at xfl show on instagram facebook and twitter and uh we'll 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 read your tweets we'll play your your calls sometimes on the air max scouts called us this week guys gave us a good long call but i'm just going to summarize it for us he basically wanted us to touch upon john fox as a potential xfl coach and also wanted to know our thoughts on the xfl teaming up with champion to be the official brand of the league and jersey manufacturer what do you think of those vince john fox and champion yeah well first of all i just wanted to say i love the energy and the passion coming from that uh, particular call uh john fox you know this guy has had tremendous amount of success uh in all platforms of coaching wherever he's gone uh you know he didn't always succeed everywhere but he he's he's made it at the at the top levels and I will say this, he's only 64 years old. It's not like he's, uh, uh, you know, uh, some guy, you know, on, on his way out. You know, I think he's still got a few good years left in him. Uh, a defensive coach. So it would be interesting to see how he would adapt to this uh, new XFL type league. Uh, but I would certainly give him a chance if I'm a franchise out there. There's no doubt about that. And champion. Uh, he hit the uh, the caller hit the nail on the head here. You know, this is like a you know kids that uh, growing up now are wearing 
the champion type clothes that we wore uh, 25 years ago. And so, you know, it is popular with the younger crowd. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing them get back into it. And, and that's the kind of maybe that's the kind of brand that you want to have, uh, you know, having that like kind of retro looking uh, uniforms with a newerish brand uh, like Champion. I think that's an excellent idea. I love it. I like it. Uh, I don't know. I'm a fan of starter jackets, but I feel like the jerseys in the AAF came off. I don't know. They gave me a pay less vibe, Bryant. Whereas Champion does seem a little more hip if, if that was the brand that the AXFL were to team up with. I mean, it's a great option for the XFL. I think there are obviously better options, but Champion would be a great would be a great you know sponsor or jersey maker or just just in general uh, you know licensee to work with. Um, I'm not going to say too many bad things about Starter because you know I, I don't want to get into that realm of the AF, but I think Champion would be a great thing. I'm a fan of Reebok as well. I'm hoping for oh, an XFL. Yes. I'm hoping for an XFL pump shoe. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, thanks for the call there, Max Scouts. Uh, as for John Fox, I don't. I think that for me, I feel like that's. I mean, that'd be good for the XFL. I just don't think it's a possibility. Oliver Lux already said that he doesn't believe anyone who is on their reimagination committees are going to be head coaches. But that could change. Jim Caldwell, for instance, right? He took a job, I believe, with the Dolphins, guys. So. I don't expect John Fox to be an XFL head coach, although it would be great for the league. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not saying I expect it, but I think yeah. he would be a great hire. He'd be for on sure. my list. For sure. And uh, one coach who is a coach, the only coach who's a coach in the XFL right now, Bob Stoops. Uh, it was reported by Mike Bianchi of the Orlando Sentinel this week that uh, basically he was kind of at least urged to take a spring head coaching gig by his old uh, his old mentor, the old ball coach, Steve Spurrier of the Alliance of American Football. Apparently, Steve Spurrier told him, you should join my staff down here in Orlando. He said, nah, maybe in a couple years. And uh, eventually he took this XFL gig, but Steve Spurrier probably telling Bob Stoops, it sounds like, boy, I'll tell you what, this schedule sure is awesome, Bobby. I'm telling you, spring ball's where it's at, man. And eventually, Bob Stoops was kind of influenced by the old ball coach. Vince, what do you think of that? Yeah, you know, that that uh, coaching fraternity, that's a tight-knit group. And, you know, you, you got, you know, somebody w- with the kind of clout of, of a Steve Spurrier telling you to do something. Damn it, you're going to listen to him. <laughs> and I, I'm just fascinated by the fact that Bob Stoops took, you know, this this great advice by Steve Spurrier. Obviously, he respects it, but he said, "Okay, but I'm going to go to this other league and coach there." <laughs> and, and he's, I don't, we don't know the financials of his deal exactly. We assume, you know, it's the base that Oliver Luck said all the head coaches would get, which was what I believe uh, half a million. But yeah. who knows what other incentives Bob Stoops got? Uh, Steve Spurrier, you know, is the face of the AAF practically. Uh, very interesting that he took the advice and went another route with it. Yeah, I think he uh, he's, he's he's a smart man, right? If he's going to coach in the spring, might as well coach your own team instead of being under somebody else's staff. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It's it's kind of a win-win for, for Bob Stoops. If the XFL doesn't succeed, no one's going to blame Bob Stoops. And if he and the XFL does succeed, I mean, a lot of praise to this man, I'm sure. So, yeah. Don't worry, he's fine. He made a good decision. He did, and he's still the talk. Uh, whenever someone's talking XFL, at least this week, the news cycle is still kind of all about Bob Stoops and 
with you know him still fresh on our minds, we said we got to go out to Dallas, y'all. So that's what we're going to do right now. Before we get into our traditional cover two and our hot read for the week, we do have a very special guest this week, guys. His name is RJ Choppy, and he's a, he's a morning show host in Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, you could catch him every morning, 5.30 a.m. local time to 10 a.m. on the Sean and RJ show there on 105.3 The Fan. Uh, covers all sports there in Dallas. When the XFL was announced, uh, RJ and Sean got deep into it. And RJ expressed his, his, his he wants to be the his desire to be the voice of the XFL Dallas team. He's making no bones about it on his own show. And uh, we reached out to him and we got him on the show just to gauge what people in Dallas are th- saying about the XFL as Bob Stoops gets announced as the head coach general manager. We want to get his thoughts on, on the whole ordeal and uh, what it might look like there in that new complex that they're really going to uh, – utilize the XFL to help uh, boost because they have that new Texas Live complex in Arlington we've talked about. The XFL is going to take over the old Rangers park. And, you know, without the XFL, that park's going to be empty, Vince. So the XFL's coming in, kind of contributing to that. So we got RJ Choppy on the show. Brian and I talked to him earlier in the week, and he had a lot to say about that, about the potential XFL Dallas name, which I know, Vince, you're really excited to talk about. Do you... Before before the the the, the name we're going to talk about came out this week, Vince, what were you thinking was going to be the Dallas name? Oh my goodness! I mean, <laughs> I mean, you, you had that that list that surfaced uh, with a bunch <laughs> of names, and they were all, and a lot of them were very good. Uh, <laughs> but you know, you know, you think Dallas, you know, you you know, you're thinking something like Ranch Hands or or, uh, or Steers or yes. or, uh, or um. Uh, you know, you can't, uh, names like Longhorns and Cowboys, you know, those are already taken. Excellent bull names. Riding. Yeah, yes. Bull Riders or Big Bull Riders, maybe. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of great names there for, for Dallas. A ton of but options. And I like all compared. Nothing compared to what one that poll we saw. <laughs> yeah. uh, I forget. I think it was a local Dallas newspaper. But uh, we, we talk about it here. Potential XFL Dallas team names. We talk about Bob Stoops and a whole bunch of other Stuff related to XFL Dallas specifically uh, with RJ Choppy, co-host of Sean and RJ on 105.3 The Fan in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Here he is now on This is the XFL Show. We're taking it to Dallas, y'all. Hey, it's Long Island Ice-T. Allow me to interrupt and go into promo mode for Brain Buster Radio because this week it's the Elimination Chamber. That's right, WWE's huge and very, very... Violent pay-per-view just a couple months away from WrestleMania. It takes place on Sunday, so on Brainbuster Radio, we're talking all things Elimination Chamber. Women's Tag Team Champions crowned for the first time. Daniel Bryan defending his eco-friendly WWE title inside the Elimination Chamber. Plus, we will discuss All Elite Wrestling selling out the MGM Grand Garden Arena for their Double or Nothing show. It's pro wrestling in podcast form, unlike any other show you'll ever hear out there talking about the sport. Because when you listen to Brain Buster Radio, it's like being live at a pro wrestling event. We're talking everything under the sun as well. WWE, All Elite Wrestling, and of course, Ring of Honor is shaping up their Madison Square Garden show. Join us for Brain Buster Radio this week. There might be a run-in. There might be a super pose down. You never know anything could happen. 
on Brainbuster Radio. Find it on any podcast gimmick. What shocked you more that that Dallas got an XFL team or that the head coach would be Bob Stoops? <laughs> Bob Stoops for sure. I, <laughs> I didn't think we'd ever uh, you know if we saw him again, I thought it'd be like okay, maybe like Ohio State or Iowa or you know so like a Big Ten school back where you know in, in the area that he played and grew up or you know maybe you could talk him into going to the NFL. When I saw the XFL thing, I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" That that blew me away. It didn't. I, I we were talking on the radio show that I do. Um, well, does it does it make much sense for Bob to do this? I mean, this is this is strange. Like, this is a guy who's who had been in hot pursuit from other leagues, you know, like NFL and other colleges for fifteen years, and he and he said no to every single one of them. But he says yes to the XFL. It was just a very strange kind of development that we saw, but it's exciting because you know it, it lends credibility to the instant credibility of the league. You know, I know the the other the the AAF that's out there. I mean, they've got some guys that are in there, but nobody of the name of Bob Stoops that I can think of offhand uh, that has got that cash. I guess actually maybe Spurrier, but um, but seriously, this was it, was it was big news. It was it was definitely surprising. Yeah, apparently Spurrier may have helped talk Stoops into coaching spring ball because of the schedule. But even before Bob Stoops was announced, what kind of buzz or interest was there, at least from, I don't know, your callers or fans that you run into in Dallas-Fort Worth area, about the XFL coming to Dallas? You know, not not a ton because it's so far away still. Uh, I think as we get in the next several months, it it might ramp up a little bit. But, you know... until a couple of weeks back, I mean, we were so NFL heavy. The Cowboys were in the playoffs. Uh, the Mavericks made a trade with Kristaps Porzingis from the, from the Knicks. Uh, the Stars are in a playoff push, and the Rangers were getting ready for spring training. It just didn't get a foot. A lot of that was because of everything else that's going on. This is a, um, you know, it's a four sports town. This is a year-round uh, sports city. So it was just going to be tough. We, you know, we, we talked about it when it was announced that they were going to play their games at Globe Life Park, um, again, which surprised a lot of us because it's not an NFL, it's a baseball stadium. It's pretty strange. Um, it's not an NFL field. I mean, there, there's there's a bunch of, there's two a couple of college stadiums around here. Obviously, there's where the Cowboys play. Um, so it was a little bit surprising from that regard, but it really hadn't gotten a ton until Bob Stoops. And then we spent uh, a good portion of the day talking about it. No, so so then now you're mentioning now Bob Stoops is coming, right? Bob Stoops is coming to Dallas, and and the XFL, yeah, it's in 2020. But is this going to be enough to drive the buzz to 2020, or is this going to fizzle out in a couple of weeks, and then we're just going to wait until 2020? I mean, how much is Bob Stoops going to bring uh, the XFL excitement to Dallas? Oh, I mean, I think the news cycle will fizzle out with it, and and it will fizzle, uh, and it has, to be honest. Um, you know, but every time the you know the other league, the AAF plays, I mean, we you know, we talked about it and, and we kind of brought it back to the XFL. Well, this and we compared some of the attendance numbers, and you know, we see those similar attendance numbers uh, and, and, and television rating numbers when the XFL starts. So, I mean, it, it's going to come and go. But for the most part, um, yeah, yeah, that's the problem with startup leagues is that it's just not front of mind yet. It's not uh, in the general habit. I mean, sports fans are habitual. They're used to, you know, every single April, baseball starting. Every single May, hockey playoffs are here, NBA playoffs are here. And every single August, we got NFL preseason. I mean, sports fans, 
I mean, they are like clockwork, and, and it's just tough to break something new in and have it be top of mind without some kind of news story being out there all the time. Yeah, we we sports fans fear change, RJ, but uh, a familiar fr- <laughs> yeah. face like Bob Stoops is definitely going to help ease people into taking the XFL seriously in Dallas. I think everybody uh, feels that and expects that. But you brought up Globe Life uh, Park being a baseball stadium. How clutch is it for the city and that, that area, that new sports complex they're putting together, the, 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 the fact that they were able to land the XFL team in Dallas and get them to play in that park because... Because otherwise, what were they going to do with it, right? Yeah, I mean, they would have gone. So, like, if they didn't play there, their other options would have been playing where the Cowboys play, which I don't know if the Cowboys would have let that happen, or play at TCU Stadium or SMU Stadium or University of North Texas. I mean, they, I guess they could have gone to a high school stadium, but they wouldn't have wanted to drop down to that level. I mean, that wouldn't have looked good on the league, I don't think. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, they were they were they would have been out of options. I mean, I think it was pretty cool that you know the Rangers and Globe Life put them in there, and it is the final year of the stadium, at least as of now. And you know, who knows what they're going to wind up doing with it? I mean, I we've heard things that they're going to just you know either make it a parking lot or apartments or what. But there's XFL games, there's Billy Joel concerts, Paul McCartney's coming there this summer. There's things that are going to be happening. It was uh, it, it was a good little spot, and and, and I'll tell you, Arlington has always been the city that steps up and brings the sports teams to town. You know, Dallas doesn't, didn't want the Ranger stadium. They didn't want to give the money for the Cowboys stadium. Cowboys had to go to Frisco. The stars front offices are in Frisco. Um, so Arlington always has stepped up and, and, and brought teams in. Do you, do you see the, the area around globe life park, um, as 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 it, is it popping down there? Is that where people are, are attracted, or do they people just go there for sports? Yeah, that that area. It's weird because you know that's this Arlington sort of like the entertainment capital of this area. Uh, they, you know, Six Flags is there. There's water parks. There's the two stadiums, but you know, it's not walking distance or anything. I mean, there's no public transport. It's the largest city in the U.S. Doesn't have public transport transportation. Uh, is Arlington? Um, it's it's not it's in the middle of town, but you've got to drive to get there. Not a ton of people make that area their go-to spot. Um, they've got this new kind of um, area. It's called Texas Live. A lot of bars, a lot of restaurants, and there's some shops. And that's kind of growing up a little bit. And it's it's still you know as the Rangers ballpark, it's going to be overlooking the Rangers Park, so it'd be kind of cool. And then you know people do go there, but it's not this top-of-mind spot that everyone's going to go. They're not going to get a lot of foot walk-up traffic of people just being down there, I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, it sounds like it was really a good get for the complex and for you know the Rangers and, and everybody involved with building Texas Live and trying to make it that kind of place. Yeah. And the XFL, I would say, I mean, they got a, a good deal as well, but they, I think they were needed by you know the people they're doing business with there just as much as they needed that, that stadium, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, like if you're the... Um... You know, if you're the Rangers and uh, Texas Live, you you want eight more games just to be down there. I mean, that's eight more days where you're going to have twenty thousand people, or however many they're going to be there, that are going to be able to go into that building and, uh, you know, go to the restaurants, go to the bars. It's just eight more days that they don't have to fill because you know, obviously, the Rangers only play eighty-one home games. Cowboys play ten when you count preseason. I mean, th- th- that's basically the guaranteed gate that you have minus concerts. So, anytime you can fill out the calendar and guarantee yourself some more. You know, foot traffic, it's a good thing. 
And, and now maybe uh, more opportunities for you guys to get down there and maybe do some shows on the on the mornings of XFL games or or maybe you could live the dream RJ and be the color or play-by-play man for XFL Dallas are you gunning for that job that's the rumor I would love to I did that for the uh, Texas Legends which is the NBA D League now G League I did that for six years we kind of made a uh, you know we made a fun little you know um, experience out of it and not doing a standard broadcast that was you know that was kind of Everyone does a standard broadcast. We wanted to make like a, a talk show around a broadcast. So that's what we did, and, and we did it. We did it for about six, seven years, and uh, we, we moved on from that. But I would love to do that. I don't know what the XFL is going to do. I don't know what they're going to have in terms of radio and TV partnerships. Um, I don't know who's in charge of that, but get in touch with me because I'd love to have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had we had Oliver Luck on the show, man. We we tried to sque- squeeze it out of him if they were doing radio because you know I'm a big radio guy. But he he said not, no plans in, in the works just yet. We're way ahead of it. But uh, if they do, man, I'm sure they'll be coming to you guys. You guys are dominating Dallas Fort Worth every morning. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to yeah how they get incorporated with local media too. Right, that's going to be a lot of fun for you guys. I'm mm-hmm. sure you're looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean you know see the thing with the other sports. In the other majors, like, you know, the Cowboys, they don't need, you know, and here's the, we have Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett on our show every week. So, you know, they, you know, they're really good to us, but, you know, for the most part, teams and the players, they don't need the publicity. You know, they, they, they get enough of it. Um, you know, a league like the XFL, um, you know, they, they made you know, their, their startup. They're trying to get as much, uh, a much foothold within the community. You know, they would probably have a much bigger uh, need for a presence. So, I mean, it's something that we're definitely looking forward to. It's just, you know, the, the, the way the other leagues are, you know, with social media, with their own websites, I and mean, they just don't need it. Yeah, I mean, you're you're talking about the XFL and the cities that they went into, right? These are major metropolitan areas, so I would hope that they're going to try to branch out to, you know, radio shows like yours or just anything uh, to help gain some traction for sure. But, but RJ, I want you to to put on your your color or, or play-by-play helm, uh, hat on or, or helmet, I guess. What do you want this Dallas team to be called? What, what do you want to be shouting through the radio when you're saying touchdown? I saw uh, a good Twitter poll today. And the one that uh, that won the vote was the Dallas Yalls. <laughs> I think I think uh, I think that's something we need to do. I think that would uh, that would that's a game changer right there. I, You're to give me the Dallas Yalls touchdown, Yalls. <laughs> are we are we gonna are we gonna make it plural though, or is it just Dallas Yall? You know how kind of like Utah Jazz. Just cut it off. No S at the end. Touchdown, right. Dallas, y'all. <laughs> well, you know, of course, you know that the plural to y'all is all y'all. It's not y'all. It's all y'all. So, all y'all. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's the plural. That's the plural. You got you to gotta, you gotta know that to live here. Um, yeah, I, no, I, that's the one I'm going for. I, I'm, I'm sticking with that one. That's the one I want to have. Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen rattlesnakes. I've seen uh, other other names, but I don't think anything touches Dallas, y'all. I, that is that is yeah. great. If and you and know, if and when, not, that, when, it, when it becomes that, I want credit for it. I want credit for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you need to get a piece of that merch as well, RJ. Right. Hey, hey, man, we appreciate you uh, giving us some insight into everything going on there in Dallas as the XFL gears up to a takeover Globe Life Park in 2020, man. And we uh, will be talking to you down the road for sure. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me on. 
All y'all enjoy that uh, conversation with RJ Choppy? I mean, I was there. It was great. <laughs> How about you, Vince? What do you think of Dallas, y'all? It's an excellent interview there. Uh, as as always, lots of good stuff. Uh, <laughs> if that name <laughs> if that name comes about, I, I did. Wow. I definitely like the plural of. See, everybody would think it would y'alls, but it's not y'alls. It's you all. Right? No, it's got to right? be just Dallas y'all. No s in sight, like the Utah Jazz. Like I said, no yeah, all y'all. The plural, the plural doesn't even have s, right? He said it's the it Dallas you alls. No, it's all y'all. All y'all. There it is. There it is. Sorry, all y'all. Yeah, Dallas, Vince, what do you think? So, yeah, RJ says there, he says the plural of, of y'all is all y'all. So should it be Dallas, the Dallas all y'all or the Dallas all, y'all? All y'all. I've always antis- uh, kind of interpreted that as more southeast and y'all more from the Midwest, Texas. So I, mean, could, I, could you- I, I say it's still got to just be y'all. Uh, could you imagine t- t- they score a big touchdown? RJ Choppy's the play-by-play voice of the team. Touchdown, Dallas, y'all! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's that's <laughs> that's really good stuff. But your your your, your <laughs> emphasis has to be a little different, right? Because now you just sound like you're saying touchdown, Dallas, y'all. It's like that's, touchdown, that's the... Dallas, y'all. No, right? that's the point of no, it. The, oh the man, point, the, y'all. Her, her, you're killing the point of it here, Brian. The point of it is it sounds like he's just saying Dallas, y'all, but that's the name of the team. It's great. I hope it catches on. It's different. I don't know if Oliver Luck might say that's too gimmicky, though. Either way, that's a T-shirt right there. I'll tell you that much. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> a champion T-shirt. Uh, Alan and I have always said that, you know, team names need to really be associated with you know the city or town uh that they're representing and, and this this is perfect I, I mean you know imagine if pittsburgh had a team <laughs> pittsburgh yins yes that'd be great the yinsers uh I, i'm just excited for the dc to get named the crooks like i said a while back oh, it's gonna be the best um, let's thanks to Going RJ Choppy. Two, yes, here we go. <laughs> thanks to RJ Choppy for joining us. Uh, all y'all could catch him on his radio program there, 1053 The Fan in Dallas, uh, for more XFL Dallas coverage from them. Uh, we'll be talking to them as you know, this road to 2020 goes on and into the season. He might end up being the voice of that team. Uh, let's get into this week's cover two. Going for two. Go for two and the lead. Okay, two guys working with the XFL we need to spotlight this week as part of our cover two. Uh, it was announced a couple weeks ago at the Super Bowl. Um, again, not even really announced. Oliver Lux not even announcing these. He's kind of just dropping these in random interviews on radio shows and podcasts. Uh, but Dean Blandino was the latest this week on the Dan Saleo show in San Diego. Uh, Dean Blandino, former head of NFL officiating. Uh, currently an analyst on Fox. Uh, and also, a few weeks ago, quarterback guru Tom House, Oliver Luck, uh, revealed that would be a, working with the XFL. These are two significant uh, partners, I guess you would call them. I don't think they're formal employees that we really need to spotlight, guys. First up will be D- Dean Blandino, who Oliver Luck dropped uh, this week, is going to be working with the XFL. Dean Blandino, if you don't know about him, is, I mean... A pivotal figure 
in the modern NFL in terms of officiating and replay. He basically ushered in instant replay uh, as we know it into the NFL. He was an intern in the early 90s. And in the late 90s, basically all these old guys in the NFL officiating office said, we got to do replay again, Dino. You know how to work computers. You do it. And so Dean Blandino (laughs) was kind of put in charge of that in 1999. Uh, He was the replay official for two Super Bowls. Uh, He was uh, the manager of the instant replay system uh, for six years for the NFL. Uh, He's never refereed a game in his life, though which is shocking, (laughs) but he is one of the most important figures in NFL history when it comes to uh, refereeing. Um, And that's in part because he became the, when they had introduced a VP of of league officials, uh, he was put there because of his great communication skills. This guy is someone who was loved by his coworkers in the NFL, the boys club that are NFL officials, Dean Blandino, uh, was put in this role because he would be the guy basically being the face of NFL officiating, have, having to explain certain calls, right? We would always see his explanations, and now we see those, but he does it for as an analyst. Uh, he was put in charge of this uh, for the NFL because he had great communication skills. Even AAF founder and Hall of Famer Bill Polian uh, praised him, saying, you know, this guy is – is the perfect guy for that job when we put him in it because he is able to you know communicate so well and also basically take all the bullets of all the angry fans who have conspiracy theories. Eventually, Dean Blandino in this what is probably the hardest job in the NFL uh, besides Roger Goodell's, I would I would get say myself. Uh, he he resigned a couple years ago, right? So now he's working as a TV analyst. He also works with the NCAA on their replay uh, program. But Dean Blandino is now going to be working as well with the XFL guys. What are your thoughts on Dean Blandino uh, being brought in to help with XFL officiating? It's it's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about somebody who's been involved with the the catastrophe that is NFL officiating, uh, being involved with the XFL. But, you know, this guy, he, he's been more on, you know, he's, he, he seems like he was more influential a while back. And you know, maybe that's, maybe that's the reason why NFL officiating has gone downhill so much. Uh, but, you know, it's, you know, this is a guy who, who was involved from kind of like the top level down, not being an actual referee. Uh, maybe he's going to have a different take on things. So I, I, I don't see a problem bringing him in as a consultant. I mean, we'll, I guess we'll we'll see what happens. See what kind of influence he has. See, I mean, I yeah. I'm just I'm going to throw this at you, Brian, because I feel like Dean Blandino is a solid hire just because of the optics of it all. You're hiring a guy that has this crazy tenure in the NFL. You know, from the early '90s to just a couple years ago, and now he's really well known because he's on TV every week. So that's a great look, I think, for the XFL in terms of what he actually brings to the table. And the experience is probably good. I'm not saying it's a bad hire. I'm sure he'll aid in the officiating and the replay process. But uh, I, I don't know if he's set in kind of an NFL way of thinking and if he's able to look ahead and to new ways. I don't know if how handcuffed he was in terms of in, innovating his own personal thoughts into the NFL system. Uh, he had a lot of power there, but I think the best part about it is the fact that he is affiliated with the NFL. 
as ter- in terms of what he actually does and and his consulting. I I don't know about that. I think that might actually end up being a negative, but who's to say in that regard? But it's great that they hired an NFL guy, right? I think the yes, it is great that they had an NFL guy. You don't want to hire somebody who's you know who's off the streets or somebody that nobody knows. And you know, and Blandino, now you you hit the nail on the head on that sense is that he's more known now because he's on that Fox broadcast you know every single week. Um, the the issue that I have is is not so much that he because I don't think the NFL refereeing is has gone downhill like like Vince says it's 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 refereeing refereeing is never going to be perfect everyone wants to blame the refs whatever we move on from that the problem that I have is that is he bringing over the NFL's review system or and I think this is probably more like it does he have these ideas in his head that he could never get through because of whatever reason I mean you have 32 owners that you have to get approval from but if you only have to get the approval of Oliver Luck to implement these types of ideas that you have he being Dean um, Blandino then I think that's probably why they brought him over. It's it's more of, let me pick your brain. What kind of ideas do you have for this? So that way we can make this a little different, a little bit better, a little bit faster uh, than the NFL has today. I think that's more why this was happening. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that's, that's the fact. And he has some new ideas that he wasn't able to get through in the NFL. The crazy thing to think about this, think about is this, guys. He is, uh, I think in his mid-40s, Dean Blandino is going to, at the end of it all, be rec- he should be known as one of the most influential uh, people in the history of the sport of football because of all the changes he was involved with in the NFL. Now he is heavily involved in the head of, of NCAA replay, and he's going to be involved with the XFL. He is basically the face of officiating, having never refereed a game, and this dude is also a former stand-up comedian. So he's, it's really odd. To that was the that, most shocking thing. Yeah, the see, biggest, to know that that man was a comedian. Yeah, <laughs> the biggest uh, name in refereeing was never actually a referee, Vince. Um, but it's it's an interesting hire. It makes a lot of sense. But at the same time, if anyone, uh, especially someone like Vince, who just absolutely hates NFL officiating and anyone affiliated with it, this could uh, make you tilt your head a little bit and ask what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's it seems like not the place you'd want to go, but then I guess at the end of the day, you still need to have you know some people involved that know something about refereeing in a professional football game. But it, but it's the same thing with coaches, right? If you're given the opportunity to basically say, if Oliver Luck says, "Hey, here you go. Here's our refereeing, you know, ideas. You run with it and give us something, and and it's yours to run with." You don't think somebody like Dean Blandino or a head coach or or anybody in that sense would say yes to that opportunity because that's what the XFL is giving most of these people. It's giving um, Bob Stoops the opportunity to to coach a professional league and do what he wants to do, right? He's not hand he's not handcuffed like you said earlier, Alan, about Dean Blandino with others, right? With others ahead of him, he's got he's going to do what he wants. NFL bureaucracy, exactly. So if, so now Dean yeah. Blandino has the opportunity to basically create the referee protocol. A review process, whatever you want to call it, on his own. I think that's that's an opportunity that anybody in Blandino's case, specifically in his case, would jump at. Interesting thing is that he does have you know the TV gig, the NCAA gig, taking this one on. Let's just hope you know he doesn't have his 
is you know too many irons in the fire there, and Dean Blandino is able to give proper attention and help and assistance to the XFL. But uh, interesting hire. Uh, one other thing to note about Dean Blandino, and a controversial part about this guy, um, wasn't fired or anything because of it. But in 2014, I believe TMZ did get uh, some, I think, pictures or maybe even video of him walking out of a party bus with a uh, Cowboys. Uh, Co-owner Stephen Jones, a lot of people uh, raised eyebrows about that one. As the story goes, Jay Glazer was out partying and eating with uh, Stephen Jones and some Cowboys people. He invited Dean Blandino to meet up with them. They all ended up going to the club. And allegedly, Dean Blandino left after 10 minutes. But who knows? But that was not a good what, look for the former what, VP of officiating. What, what was wrong with that? That's <laughs> I mean, the head of officiating should not be, you know, going out raging with, you know, owners of certain teams like that. It's not a good look. That's just the way the NFL is operated. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I understand that, but if you're like an Eagles or Giants fan, I don't think you were uh, really digging that when that happened back when Dean Blandino was part of the NFL. Uh, Yeah, if I see Dean Blandino hanging out with Bob Stoops, I'm going to get real angry. I'll tell you that. Unless you're a Dallas fan. (laughs) All right. The other part here of our cover two is another consultant working with the XFL. This one revealed a few weeks ago, uh, and we've taken some time to to get to it. We want to, you know, read up more about it. And also uh, lots of things happen that we just didn't have time to get to. Tom House, who is a quarterback guru, and I believe a former MLB pitcher, uh, runs the, the program called 3DQB. And basically they are uh, an all-encompassing quarter, all quarterbacks all the time, uh, kind of uh, in-house, uh, you know, place for, you know, training and mechanics and and mental and physical and all sorts of uh, kind of uh, new wave mumbo jumbo on their website. I'm not going to read. I'll just read their their mission statement, which is, to inform, instruct, and inspire quarterbacks to maximize both physical and mental potential for in-game competition. Tom House, you know, there are a lot of quarterback gurus out there, quarterback whisperers, but uh, this dude has made some significant, significant contributions to the uh, careers of many famous quarterbacks you know today, like Tom Brady, Matty Ice, Drew Brees, Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, and most recently also uh, Andrew Luck, Oliver Luck's son, in his rehab, worked with Tom House. Uh, apparently that relationship led to Oliver Luck uh, talking to Tom House, getting him on board to work with XFL quarterbacks in the future. This is, I think, guys, the XFL making a significant effort to develop the quarterbacks they eventually bring onto their teams. Well, uh, you know, if you if you go back and, and you and you listen, you go on our Patreon page, you'll see that we talked about the AAF's week one. And what we talked about the most is quarterbacks and the quarterback play. And I can see why the XFL wants to emphasize quarterbacks, because if you don't have a good quarterback, you're you're not gonna have a good team, right? And that's kind of pretty much especially in the XFL, is what's gonna happen. So for them to spend the time to to bring on Tom House to to do this. I think it shows that they're they're wanting serious football players. They're not wanting, uh, you know, these games to be bad. It's a, what is it about the quality of the play, right? We keep talking about that. Well, this is just another step in that direction. It's the quality um, of the play. 
let's get our quarterbacks to be good, right? Yeah, yeah. by by any means necessary. Yeah, quarterbacks drive the bus, and you know that's what's going to draw eyeballs to the quality of the play is having a good offense, and they got to have a good quarterback in order to have that an exciting quarterback. Uh, what's interesting to me is, it, you know, is he just going to go around to each training camp and and you know work with the quarterbacks? Or I mean, it's 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 I, I just don't understand how this is going to work. Is some is he going to work with one team more more? Is that team going to have an advantage or something? Well, maybe it won't I think they're going to have like I don't a quarterback know. camp. No? Yeah, no, I don't know if it'll be through the season, but yeah, maybe preseason we'll have probably all eight teams. I'm assuming at a training camp all at once. And maybe at that camp, or maybe at a separate camp, uh, the 3D QB Tom House and his people will probably be working with the XFL quarterbacks. I don't, we don't know how that's going to work, but uh, we, you don't. The thing is, you don't hear anything about the competition, the AAF uh, doing anything like this. Uh, if you watch their games in Week One, um, you had some outstanding quarterback play from a couple of guys, I think, but mostly majority, they they all looked like. Guys who don't belong anywhere near the NFL and in right where the, where they were playing in the AAA. It, it is which the is hard, fine. It's the hardest yeah. position in football to play. I mean, you could half the guys in the NFL don't <laughs> belong playing quarterback. It's the age the of the mediocre quarterback for sure. <laughs> yeah, you, but, you don't need you know you don't need to be that great uh, to you know to get a starting quarterback job in the NFL. I mean, those guys are extremely talented. Don't, don't get me wrong, but, but the separation between your elite quarterbacks, guys like Ben Roethlisberger and your, your (laughs) average, average quarterbacks in the NFL, it's night and day. It really is. But you got to look, here's the difference, right? There's a difference between being able to hit a, a, a wide receiver in stride 50, 50, 50 yards down the field and spiking a, a football uh, when you're trying to hit a five-yard out route, right? Like if you're if you're hitting the, the grass on a five-yard out route, then that's a problem, right? And, and those are the types of things that I think you can work with quarterbacks to say don't spike the damn ball when you're throwing out these little, you know, small passes. If you miss the 50-yarder, fine, whatever, it happens. Those are the elite quarterbacks. We need good quarterbacks. We need people who can make plays. Let me show you well, how you can make the small plays. Well, I'll, I'll be playing some devil's advocate there. I mean, if you watch a lot of the Big 12, Brian, I know you do. You know, you see a lot of quarterbacks, you know, they could throw these, like, deep bombs and they could hit these uh, receivers. But whenever it comes to a tight window on a, on a five-yard out pattern, they can't do it. And a lot, you know, it's just, it's not just, you know, long throws and tight throws. It, it's in short throws. It's about hitting the guys that are covered very well. I mean, that is difficult to do, getting it in the right spot all the time. And that's really what separates, you know, the the average guys from your great tossers. But, 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 but now let's talk about your average fan, though. Is your average fan going to notice that, you missed the receiver because it hit his hands, or is the right, or is the average fan going to notice that you missed the receiver when you threw it five yards over his head or two two yards short? Right, those are the types of plays that are going to be more noticed by fans. The the quality of the play doesn't matter to anyone else other than the fans. So the fans feel like they're getting quality. That's all that matters. And if you, if if you have these quarterbacks that are airing throws all over the place, the the that's not a success. If you're if you're having quarterbacks who can't hit these windows but they're getting it close. 
that's fine well, well I don't know about that I mean it, 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 incompletion after incompletion I mean you're, yeah. that's going to kill drives I mean well, that's, that's not good saying. either you can't hit the the open I mean if you can't hit those tight windows fine but can you hit the open receiver that's standing out there uh, waiting for you to you know five yards away from you can you hit that guy if you can hit that guy that's a completion that's success you move forward I have a feeling uh, if with Tom House uh, you know getting involved we're going to see some some quarterbacks who are going to be uh, fairly accurate, and I because th- if you look at the list of guys he's worked with extensively, talking about some of the most accurate passers in the league, and let's hope that translates to the XFL quarterbacks. I feel we're gonna see a lot of back shoulder throwing in the XFL, Vince. A lot of accurate, <laughs> a lot of accurate timing routes. I I'd welcome that. Uh, that's you know if you can get that kind of timing down, and and you know they're gonna have time to work on it. You know, hopefully. Uh, they're not going to just slap this thing together. Uh, they're they're going to have time to work on that kind of stuff because you know if you can get those timing rods done, that that is very difficult to stop. Well, think uh, about think about it because if we are going, we are comparing two leagues to each other because that's just the nature of what we're seeing. Everybody is seeing the AAF right now. It's what everyone's talking about because they're in play. The XFL is going to come out next year when they're playing. Side by side, if the AAF comes back next year, uh, we're we're gonna be seeing two leagues, and one thing that can make the XFL stand out from the AAF that we already saw in the AAF, even by the end of the year, I don't know how how much improved more than I don't know two to four quarter half the quarterbacks in the AAF could maybe get. They, some of them look god awful. If the XFL could come out week one with crisp quarterbacks. Crisp quarterback play, Bryant. That will make, set them apart by miles ahead of, of what the Alliance looked like in their week one. Well, yeah, and especially when and what we saw with the AAF, especially in week one, is is horrible offensive line play, right? So the quarterbacks are not oh. uh, going to get that much time uh, to throw these bombs to make it look like they're a lot better, especially uh, you know, if you're talking about these big 12 games. You know, Vince, it, it, you need time to throw 50 yards down the field, right? And, and it looks like in these leagues, you're not going to get that. So it's about Chris, well, how, how accurate you can be. Stop disagreeing with me, Vince. Come on, disagree well, with I me. Don't, so well, I, don't know, I don't know if that's <laughs> going to be the case in the XFL. I mean, in, in the XFL, you know, you're starting one yard off the line of scrimmage. Maybe. Maybe. That's, maybe, that's maybe, maybe. All right. So if that's the case, you know, you're allowing time for your offensive linemen you know, they're already going to be in their stance. They're going to be allowed to get their feet set. I think that, you know, we had a long discussion about that. You could go back in the archives. Uh, this is the XFLshow.com and listen to how we discussed, you know, does that benefit offensive linemen, defensive linemen? I got to think that they're going to do, you know, something in order to help uh, offenses, you know, uh, be not be under duress constantly. Uh, and and may, you know maybe it's going to be based on that. Maybe it's going to be based on the pace of play. It's it's hard to say at this point, but I think I think quarterbacks are going to be given time in this league. I really do. I just love that they have a very fancy website, three D QB Tom House's uh, quarterback training program, and the front page is Tom Brady, and he looks like Zach Galifianakis in The Hangover with all the math <laughs> and the drawings around him whenever he's at the blackjack table. That's what it's uh, look y to the zero power <laughs> one <laughs> the sum of one squared. Oh man, uh, these are some 
Yeah. Ooh. Good stuff. Good stuff. And also the testimonials are great. It's a combination of the program that really helped me from Matt Ryan. Uh, I've seen the benefits, said Matt LaFleur, the, the new Green Bay Packers head coach. So a lot of big, big names in the NFL have worked with Tom House, and he will now be uh, consulting with the XFL, along with Dean Blandino and some other consultants. A lot of good football people being involved. One thing I'll tell you for sure is this is nothing. None of this was going on back in 2001, Vince. None of these kind of football no, people not, were at least at, being all. <laughs> at least we weren't told about them being involved, but now we are, and that kind of all just gives the league credibility right away. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the the more and more you think about it, the more and more you realize that the, the XFL in 2001 was not about football at all. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> What's going on, football fans? This is Brian, and I'm here to tell you about our awesome Patreon page. If you haven't checked it out, go over there right now. It's patreon.com forward slash this is the XFL show. When you're on that page, you'll see some great bonus content. We've got power rankings for the AAF after week one. We've got the way too early power rankings for the NFL. We also have our exclusive Patreon only. This is not the XFL show where we go into the world of professional football yes the nfl the aaf as well as the ncaa also if you want to hear yourself on this very show talking to us let's talk some football you can join those tiers too again that is patreon.com forward slash this is the xfl show come on what are you waiting for let's talk some football (laughs) nope Uh. this is though and this is about the quality of the play and most important for, for the quality of play is going to be how these coaches and GMs put teams together and, and coach them up. And we already know one of them. It's Bob Stoops in Dallas. We are pretty damn sure we know the DC head coach. And now we've got a few other names that are being speculated about, being reported on. We need to talk about them this week. It is time for the hot read. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! Rick Flair! Rick Flair! Pepper, flip, caliber. Motown, happy, jolly, drunk, buster, Miller, tiger! I think he's got a hound too, Rodney, I think. We need cheese! We need you to fuck it! Hey, you got Bob Stoops in Dallas. Pep Hamilton reported on this show. We talked about it last week in D.C. Jim Hazlitt, news broke that he's talking with the league. Will he be in St. Louis? Now we're hearing the name Jim Zorn to Seattle, maybe? Or one of the other XFL cities? And a very high-profile assistant coach and former head coach in college football left his post this week. A buyout similar to Pep Hamilton's. Jim Levitt with the Oregon Ducks left that program this week. These are some big names in the world of coaching. Some recognizable names. Let's talk about them right now. First up, Pep Hamilton, guys. The presumed head coach of XFL DC. Is this a solid hire for the XFL? Putting Pep Hamilton, the former Colts offensive coordinator, the former offensive, I guess, coordinator, assistant. He had like a thousand titles at Michigan. 
Is Pep Hamilton a solid hire for the XFL in D.C. now that we've had a week to think about it, Vince? I think so. Uh, you know, these are the kind of guys that I thought that they were going to hire. Um, uh, a Pep Hamilton type. And, you know, I'm not saying that this guy is lit, in the, lit the world on fire wherever he's gone. But I think he, he's been a, a, a solid, capable uh, coach. Uh, he's had some mixed results. Uh, but I don't think he, he, that's too bad. Uh, I kind of like, you know, where they're going here. I think this is a nice hire. I really do. Can I give you some some background, Brian, on on Pep Hamilton before I you give me your thoughts on Please. exactly what his offensives have done uh, last year at Michigan? I mean, on a national scale, very middle of the road, mediocre. I mean, it, it is impressive. Michigan scored thirty five points per game or over that uh, last season. They were second in the Big Ten in scoring. They had two hundred and fifteen yards per game passing. That was ninth in the conference. Yeah. 203 rushing yards a game, six in the Big Ten. They had the sixth total offense in the Big Ten, 50th nationally, uh, 48th overall in the country in touchdowns per game. So at Michigan, hey, you know, they put up some points, but overall in terms of yardage and in, and and the, the, the power of his offense with the money they, they have in Michigan and the recruiting they're able to do there, I would say underperformed. With the Colts, though, he did make a name for himself. I mean, the passing totals were off the charts in 2014. Pep Hamilton had Andrew Luck with, you know, the the most passing yards at one point in the league. They had the sixth overall offense in 2014. Uh, They were middle of the pack his first year there, but they came on, and then eventually he was let go by the Colts. But they had their moments, and he was working with Andrew Luck there. So by the numbers, Brian, and, and his track record, do you think Pep Hamilton's going to be able to bring innovative offense to XFL DC and give this high octane kind of high scoring uh, team there in the East Coast for the XFL? Is he a reliable offensive uh, guy to put up some points to get people to notice the XFL? He, he's a good hire. If you look at his his resume with the Colts in 2013, yeah, middle of the pack, but in 2014 he turned that thing around. And then and then in Michigan, I mean, he, he, look, Michigan's problem is that they have to face Ohio State every year. That's their problem, and 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 they're playing in a conference that's one of the toughest conferences uh, in college football every year. So to finish with some of these numbers, to over 200 yards per game, forget the rank, the number itself is pretty impressive. So um, if you can get a you know, we saw in these AAF games, teams weren't even getting 100. I'm sure he can get over that. He, he's an innovative enough mind, I think, to 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 bring something to the XFL that maybe some other coaches that people want uh, can't. And so I think that's why I mean, he'll do better than an Isaac Bruce, right, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, he's got. Yeah, he has the experience. Exactly, he has the experience. And the thing I like about Pep Hamilton, Vince, is. You know, with Andrew Luck in the Colts, they had no running game. So they threw the ball and they did it well and kind of abandoned the run there. But in Michigan, even with Shea Patterson, couldn't really throw it that well. So they ran the hell out of the ball and they averaged over two bills a game. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's, you know, know, I don't know this for a fact. I'm not inside the program. But I would say, you know, when he was with the Colts, he probably had a lot of say in what that offensive game plan was. When he is at Michigan, I'm guessing that uh, Wildman Harbaugh probably had a lot of influence on what was happening with that offense. Uh, you know, under Harbaugh at Michigan, you know, their offenses have not been great. 
It's been mostly a ball control pro style scheme the entire time. So he may have been handcuffed into doing some things there. Uh, in 2017, quarterback play, they just could not get it right. It was just just god-awful. Uh, really just uh, hampered their 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 offense there. 2018, Shea Patterson, you know, didn't quite live up to the hype. But then I would say, you know, maybe the kid's just not that good. And, you know, and he did the best with what he could. And, and they and they were still scoring 35 points to get him. Now, they had a great defense that kept getting the ball back. But, you know, it's not too shabby. I, I, I'm with, uh, with Brian, what said, uh, very impressive with the Colts. And I think that shows a lot of promise for this guy. Yeah, you know, some people might want to argue that Pep Hamilton's got very close ties to Oliver Luck, having coached his son for so many years, Stanford and the Colts. And, of course, you can't gloss over that fact, but also there is the fact that Pep Hamilton was successful with him. He was successful at Stanford. He did all right at Michigan. And, I mean, I think we all have to assume that it's it's Jim Harbaugh's program that is the issue there and not guys like Pep Hamilton. And, uh, you know, there's just lots of money wasted there at Michigan on a lot of just mediocrity, I have to say. I'm glad for Pep Hamilton – He's getting out of that and yeah. getting a chance to shine now as the man in charge in D.C. I can't wait for them to announce Pep Hamilton officially in our nation's capital as their head coach. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, the next guy we're going to be talking about here, no. uh, <laughs> uh, not we don't know. This is uh, what, purely what his, speculation now, the next guy we talk Purely about. speculation, but this guy was on my list, and you could go back into the archives and listen. One uh, of the first coaches we brought up, right? Yes. Yeah. Jim Levitt, uh, no longer defensive coordinator at Oregon. Uh, he left there in a, kind of a surprising move. Oregon, they, you know, this is going to be a preseason top 10 program here. Uh, a lot of promise for that ball club, and they're not going to have Jim Levitt. This guy, you know, Innovated the fake punt uh, <laughs> when he was the coach at the, at the South Florida Bulls. Uh, this guy, a, a, a wild man. He had him man. at number two. Number uh, two at one point in the yeah. nation. Uh, with, some guy, Bulls. with some guy named Matt Grothy as the quarterback. <laughs> I mean, this guy, you know, uh, just a, a wild man, a risk taker. Uh, I, I got all the respect in the world for this guy. You know, he he could do some some uh, a lot of damage in the XFL. This is this is his kind of league, I, I have a feeling. I'm rooting hard for Jim Levitt being named the coach of the LA XFL team, Brian. This is <laughs> he's a he's a DC coach or defensive coordinator. You know, he's a defensive coach, but this is a guy who has he yeah, like Vince said, he's he's innovative on special teams. He finds good systems on offense offenses and exploits them. He's he's not afraid to take risks, at least when he was at USF. Uh, he built up a program from nothing there in Tampa. Uh, he ended up getting coordinator jobs at big universities like Oregon. He was at Colorado, I believe, before that. Uh, and he left the Ducks, Bryant, on a, with a $2.5 million payout. Similar to Pep Hamilton, a mutually agreed upon uh, splitting up. So you have to believe that Jim Levitt is bound for some kind of pretty decent job, whether it's in the NFL or the XFL. There, There is a NFL team still looking for a defensive coordinator in Cincinnati. I don't know if they're going to hire Jim Levitt, but I'd like to see him as an XFL coach. How about you? I, I would. I don't see a reason why not. This, you're, you're right. He's He's got the reputation. Vince, you brought him up way back when 
Um, if you go back to the archives, like you said, uh, he, he seems like a great fit. You get a defensive-minded coach in the XFL. You don't want it all to be offense. Um, and, and, but my only concern, and I will tell you this, is that currently the NFL now requires teams to request permission to talk to coordinators or coaches in NCAAs for coordinator positions in the NFL. So I'm wondering if this is just about so he can make his way into the NFL. I don't know. We are speculating here, but I, I take him. Uh, and, and I don't see a reason why the XFL shouldn't at least inquire if they haven't already about his services to coach an, an XFL team. Yeah, highly recommend any of you who are hearing about this Jim Levitt uh, announcement that he's leaving Oregon and, and everyone's you know, talking up maybe the XFL is a destination. If you want to know more about Jim Levitt, definitely go back into our archives because uh, Vince brought him up and we had a very good breakdown of, of his whole career and what he did at, at Florida. And, you know, he he... He was a fun coach while he was there. That's for sure. That's for sure. Another fun coach uh, who I think actually kind of looks like Jim Levitt. <laughs> Jim Hazlitt is uh, a coach that last week our guest Benjamin Albright uh, said has been talking in talks with the XFL Bryant. And, uh, you know, he, I guess for a Rams fan, is, is maybe polarizing as... A Steeler fan, I always enjoyed Jim Hazlitt as the defensive coordinator of Pittsburgh. I did good things in, in New Orleans. He's been a mainstay on NFL uh, staffs for years now, uh, most recently with the Bengals. That whole staff got blown up after Marvin Lewis was let go, so now he's out there. Uh, if he becomes the XFL St. Louis coach, we've already heard one fan say, please know Jim Hazlitt. Uh, you were rooting for the fans back then in, what, 2008 when he took over as the interim coach? What would you think of Jim Hazlitt as the St. Louis XFL head coach? See, I'm a different perspective St. Louis Rams fan because I got the team home, right? They, they came to L.A., so I have no ill uh, will against uh, St. Louis Rams or anything that had to do with them. I think St. Louis has a little bit more of a, of a, of a gripe to pick with, with anything that had to do with the Rams um, in the NFL, and they don't want anything to do with this. So that's why I think they need to take a step back and realize that you, that of the coaches that are going to be coaching in the XFL, Jim Hazlitt's going to be one of the better coaches. And if he's coaching my team, I'm cheering for him. I'm hoping for that. Not so much what he did for us in the past, but it's what he can do for this team right now. And from the names we've been hearing, I mean, he's, he's definitely top half uh, of the coaches that are going to be in the XFL. So why wouldn't you want these, this guy? And Really, if you think about what he did in New Orleans, that is like an insane accomplishment, getting that team that was just garbage for so many years, a laughing stop, the brown bags on the heads of fans, getting them to the playoffs and getting a playoff win way back, you know, in, earlier in the, in the early 2000s. Amazing accomplishment by him. For a St. Louis fan to, to pin it on Jim Hazlitt for how terrible the Rams were when he was the interim head coach there, everything going on. I mean, that's when Stan Kroenke started, you know, planning on you know, kind of, you know, major league team yes, and, yes. And, and getting them out to L.A. So, you know, all I, the coaches on that staff drew straws and, and Hazlitt was probably the one who drew the short straw. Right. Yeah, They're like, all and, right, I'm interim. And he went on, you know, also he has he has experience in, you know, alternative football leagues. Uh, he was the UFL's coach of the year. Uh, coaching the undefeated Florida Tuskers who went on to lose uh, the championship game there of the UFL, Bryant. But 
he uh, he has the experience in these kind of leagues as well. He's probably, I mean, of the names we're talking about, one of the ones with the most NFL experience, at least the most current NFL experience. Sure. That's what I'm saying. Why wouldn't you want this man? I understand the history. I understand the past. I, I get it. But All why right. wouldn't you want one of the better coaches? All right. I, I'm with you there. But why would you want this next coach? It, it's being reported that this, <laughs> this is going to be one of the next XFL coaches. The next guy we talk about, my goodness. It's going to be a hip-hip, and I want a hooray. Okay? <laughs> I don't. I don't think it the gets complete any, opposite of what I just said. Can we just end think, it there? I don't think it gets any cornier or any <laughs> any sadder than his tenure as the Washington Redskins head coach. Jim Zorn is now being uh, reported and expected to join the XFL as a head coach, general manager, according to Alex Marvez of uh, Sirius XM NFL's uh, station there. He says, sources tell me that Jim Zorn is expected to join the XFL coaching ranks. Brian, when I tell you Jim Zorn's going to be an XFL head coach, I, I would assume you think it's going to be in Seattle. Are you going to give me three cheers for that, though? Jim Zorn is an XFL coach. Do you get when three I, cheers when, in, in you? When I say hip hip, you say... I'm not. I'm not doing it. Not, no not gonna do it. He's, he was terrible. <laughs> look, what a, what a look, horrible 12, stint in Washington. And Twelve and twenty. I, I mean, over two seasons, and one of those was an eight eight season. Hope promised for this team. I believe that. Eight eight is a hip hip hooray for sure for you. <laughs> um, but after that season, I believe that's the the next year they signed uh, Albert Hainsworth, right in that off season, and things were looking up for Washington. Uh, we all know what happened after that. But for the complete opposite reason of why you would want Jim Hazlitt, I guess, is why Seattle would want uh, Jim Zorn, right? I'm, I'm guessing. I mean, the man had his storied quarterback career in Seattle. He's in yeah. the Seahawks Ring of Honor uh, from 1976 to 84. Uh, he did a lot for that city. I could see why the city would want him. Mm, maybe that's all I can see right now. Okay. It's not like Jim Zorn's a bad coach. He was a great quarterback coach. I mean, he got Matt Hassel back to the Super Bowl somehow as the quarterback coach in Seattle. But, I mean, it was just horrific, the finish he had, the the ending there in Washington. Not that any coach ever has a good time coaching under, you know, for Dan Snyder. It is Washington, right. Yeah, but he did not get – Jim Zorn apparently just struggled to get along with his – his young locker room. And I remember reading about it and then listening to it. Uh, Clinton Portis, who's an outspoken, obviously, former player, but he played under Jim Zorn. And he basically said in his first year, at the end of the year, Jim Zorn lost the locker room because uh, it was it was kind of, you know, if you're not a religious person, Clinton Portis said, then Jim Zorn uh, would kind of neglect you or, or, you know, would say you're against this team. He kind of split his locker room in half, according to Clinton Portis. Now, people can learn and change, and maybe Jim Zorn is uh, going to take a different approach in his next coaching venture as a head coach. But uh, the just how ugly that, that ending was for him in Washington with so many of his players speaking poorly about him a- afterwards just not great but then he did go on of course the you know coach quarterbacks and work with other teams like Baltimore and, and you know he's still getting work but that was one of the the worst head coaching hires of the last decade I'd say that was a little over a decade ago for Washington 
But Jim Zorn in Seattle makes a lot of sense because, well, people there love him and that'll put butts in seats. And, you know, if he's able to, you know, keep his locker room together, maybe they'll be successful there at XFL Seattle. What if there's going to be somebody who's going to work with your quarterback to make sure that that works and that's your best position? We just talked about it a few minutes ago. Yeah. And definitely Jim Zorn is is the guy you want. And I, and I get it. I understand the hire. Um, whether or not – and to play devil's advocate, I mean, you're right. He can learn. He could He could, He could. could be what the city of Seattle needs. And, and, and in that town, if you have somebody that the fans can get behind, the fans recognize that, all it does is create bo- uh, uh, buzz – uh, just like the Stoops hire. So I get it. I understand it. There's worse coaches out there. So I don't see why um, this move can't happen and why it shouldn't happen. So move forward with it. Move on. Uh, I think it's I think it's a good hire. Yeah. You know. Makes sense for Seattle. For for Seattle, yeah. I will give three cheers. Three cheers. If he comes back and coaches DC, though. I mean. <laughs> no. 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 no <laughs> so there you go. You got you got Pep Hamilton waiting on that announcement. Reports are Jim Zorn's going to be a head coach. Rumors, of course, and, and our sources uh, from Benjamin Albright, our friend of the show now, uh, says that Jim Hazlitt's in talks. And uh, now we're speculating also about Jim Levitt. So some coaches that could be joining Bob Stoops very, very soon. Very, very interesting stuff there, Bryant. Um, of, of them all, Jim Levitt's the one I'm most hyped for. Because I'm an old Big East football fan, so I remember just how exciting he he was bringing USF out of nowhere. That's very interesting. Hopefully, he's XFL bound, not NFL Cincinnati Bengals bound. But we'll see what happens there. And who knows? Because of course, we do uh, you know record the show before it drops. It's a podcast, so in between the time we get the you know we do, do the show, edit, throw it on out there for everybody on Patreon on Saturday and Sunday for everybody else. We might hear about, you know, Jim Levitt going somewhere. But until then, we're speculating. I mean, but we are speculating, but we're hopefully giving you guys some sort of some substance here. We're not just pulling things out of nowhere, well, right? So. Well, there's smoke, there's fire. Because it's, right. it's very similar to what exactly just went down with Pep Hamilton. Leaving a college program, getting the buyout situated, uh, coming to agreement with the university and then going off and it's natural know, speculation, right? Yeah, exactly. when, when, when things are falling in, in place at the same time, you wonder if they're all related with, with each other. And, and, and I get it. So hopefully by this time next week, we'll have even more confirmed sources that, you know, who knows? We might throw up something on a uh, Patreon to, to talk about uh, maybe the more uh, uh, people that uh, coaches that are talked about, but maybe not confirmed yet. Who knows? We'll see. It's, uh, we got a whole week. Yeah, I'm trying to get – Jake wasn't on the show this week, but I'm trying to get him to go on Patreon and write a write an article. I'd like to get his opinion on all this since he wasn't here this week. If you could coerce him into that. I, just so that at the end of his article, Jake Jake is the perfect kind of guy to yell hip, hip, hooray. I'm sure he does it often. <laughs> could, you, could you imagine Jim Zorn – Coaching a bunch of, you know, young kids that now that would be playing for him. These, you know, kids are playing Fortnite all the time, trying to get them to yell hip, hip, hooray. Maybe they'll do it. Maybe they'll do it while they do, no, you know, the, the Pizza Hut Antonio Brown dance. I don't know. Uh, Jim, Jim, Jim Zorn is definitely, if he gets hired, uh, the only coach in the XFL that will have a flip phone still. I guarantee you. <laughs> Jim's, uh, it's Jim going to be hanging off his side pocket right here, like on his belt. Oh, definitely. He, 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 Jim Zor definitely has a phone clip. That's for, for sure. For sure. 
right. I love it. I love it. Uh, we, we got into it all, man. That's a lot covered this week. Lot. And that's and this is, of course, uh, the, the free show. But there's so much more than this uh, on our Patreon now. I feel like we're just cranking out more and more content week after week. Like more this week than we did last week, Brian. And more to come next week, especially with news to come. This TV deal. We are anxiously awaiting it. It's supposedly going to be as big as the Bob Stoops announcement. We shall see about that. And, of course, if any of you want to hear our thoughts on the AAF or all the stuff going on in the NFL, we've got trade requests this week and trades that are you know announced. Uh, we go into all that on Patreon as well on This Is Not The XFL Show. But, man, we're having a whole hell of a lot of fun because of all the great listeners following us at XFL Show. And, of course, calling the hotline, 724 565 for XFL and Bright, you started a newsletter as well. People could subscribe to that for free and get updated on all the news in the XFL and all the content that we're churning out. Yeah, stick to st- stick around, uh, football fans, to the end of the credits this time. Uh, you're going to hear how you can join that and, and hopefully maybe score yourself some free gear. Uh, but stick around, uh, like I said. And people think that the XFL, this is the XFL show, is going to you know the quality is going to come down. I feel like this might be the longest episode we've ever done because we had so much to talk about. So we're yeah. going to keep rolling. We're going to be pulling out the content. It's going to be great. It's not the longest episode, but I feel like we covered a lot really efficiently here. Thanks to RJ Choppy, our guest as well today from 105.3 The Fan in Dallas Fort Worth. Man, Dallas, y'all. It's really, really hope that ends up being the name. Uh, for Vince and Bryant, I'm Alan. This is the XFL Show. We'll see you next week. Remember, they're listening. What's going on, football fans? This is Bryant, and we just want to let you know, with the XFL returning in 2020, This Is The XFL Show is here to guide you every step of the way. Sign up right now to receive the latest news, exclusive content, discounts on merchandise, and all the football coverage you can handle on This Is The XFL Show's newsletter. Yes, go to our website, thisisthexflshow.com, check it out, sign up, and you can even win a free t-shirt. Check it out right now. Don't miss a thing from This Is The XFL Show.